Last time on Locked On Mizzou, I revealed my preferences for Missouri's future permanent football opponents. Well, coming up, I'm going to give you the rest of the Locked On SEC, the network of hosts. I'm going to give you their preferences as well. Give you some insight, I think, on where this could be going for sure. Coming up right now on Locked On Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, and thanks for joining me once again here on Locked On Mizzou, and welcome to all of you newbies as well. Again, I'm John Miller, a longtime Mizzou season ticket holder, decades long in football and basketball, Missouri journalism guy. Missourian sports columnist, worked for the Tribune for a little while. I've basically done it all, and now the last three years, I've been lucky enough to be employed here by the Locked On Podcast Network. So you know what? If you're new, thanks for joining me. Thanks, as always, to all you longtime listeners for making this your first listen every day and telling a friend we are free and available on all platforms. You know what? Again, last time I was here, it's been a couple weeks, so thanks for being patient, but I weighed in with my preferences for Missouri's future football opponents in the Southeastern Conference. I ended up settling on these three. I ended up settling on Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and Texas, with Oklahoma, quite honestly, being a really close fourth in my pecking order. Again, just my own personal pecking order. You might be surprised that I went with Texas over Oklahoma, considering how much more history the Tigers have with the Sooners. But to me, I just thought... Considering the recruiting advantages that being involved with the with the state of Texas would gain Missouri on an annual basis, plus, you know, quite honestly, I just felt like Austin a better road trip than Norman, despite the obvious difference in distance there. Austin, to me, a fun place to visit. Never been to Norman, but regardless, probably even more interesting to see what the rest of the Locked On Network thought because, well, you've got obviously the legacy SEC schools, plus the two new kids on the block who are coming around, locked on Sooners, locked on Longhorns. Well, they were they were represented in this discussion as well, and I gave you guys my preferences. And again, none of that's set in stone because, well, I'm starting to actually move more toward wanting to play the Sooners every year because John Williams, the locked on Oklahoma coach, well, guess what? Missouri was among one of the three teams that he would like to play. Along with, by the way, locked on South Carolina, their coach had Missouri in its top three as well. And the locked on Razorbacks, well, they gave us a tie for with Texas A&M for the final spot. So that's actually three teams that had Missouri in its preferences of, of its final three. That actually surprised me quite a bit and pleasantly surprised a little bit. I'm glad that there's some there's some teams out there in the Southeastern Conference, even beyond Oklahoma and Texas, that, hey, have some at least feelings, positive and negative, I guess you could say. They want to beat us, and, well, they actually enjoy playing us. Whatever way you want to look at it, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised by that outcome. But when you take a step back and look at the full thing here, well, it ended up, again, this is based on the Locked On Network, how they all, we tried to work this out the best we could between the 14 different hosts in this Twitter direct message thread. Well, it ended up Missouri was playing Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Kentucky. 
And based on that, again, based on the locked-on exercise here, that was the only team left without a Tier 1, quote-unquote, opponent. And for the purposes of this this discussion, Tier 1 means the top half of the conference. Essentially, there are eight teams, if you include Oklahoma and Texas, it's pretty obvious who the other ones are, right? Georgia, Alabama, throw in LSU, Florida, Auburn, Tennessee, the big boys of the conference who frankly spend quite a bit more than the bottom half. Let's put it that way. So even though you might think, well, that doesn't sound like a very realistic scenario if Missouri doesn't have a tier one opponent, but if you actually look at the scuttlebutt around the conference, according to Sports Illustrated, there are actually several versions of permanent opponents floating around the league, and it appears one of those options is that those quote-unquote tier one or top eight teams would play two of their three permanent opponents against each other, against fellow top eight teams. So then on the other flip side, the bottom eight would get two bottoms and one top tier, if you will. So this would help maybe balance out the schedule a little bit, maybe bring a little bit more parity into the SEC scheduling, at least in theory, right? Sort of like the NFL does this to some extent, right? A lot of times the teams with the best records end up playing other teams that had really good records from the previous year and vice versa. Sort of helps give the teams at the bottom a little bit more of a chance to rise up a tiny bit. Also, I think this is probably a negotiating tactic as well. Could easily be a compromise to get some of those teams in the bottom tier on board with what's probably going to be a nine-game schedule. And that seems to be right now the biggest sticking point. The SEC meetings are happening right now. First in-person meetings in about three years are going to be happening this week. And we're probably going to have some type of resolution on this for scheduling in the future. So it's either going to be, again, with this new 16-team league moving forward, there's got to be a different football schedule. So the biggest things that are being floated around now is one permanent opponent and seven rotating opponents, right? So no divisions. It seems like divisions are basically going to be a thing of the past at this point because everyone agrees that, okay, we need to see all the opponents more often. It seems like under this scenario, you'd get to see every team. If you played four years, you'd get to see everybody twice. Well, the same thing for the other scenario, which is what we've been discussing for the most part on this podcast, the what people are calling the, the pod formats, right? So Missouri and everybody else would have three permanent opponents, and then you would have six games on top of that that would rotate. So the problem is there, obviously, not just the structure, but the amount of games. Do you want to go eight games or do you want to go nine? My preference would be to go nine. I actually like having the three permanent opponents with one extra game, I think most college football fans would like to see, most Missouri fans, more to the point, would like to see an extra SEC game versus a game against Abilene Christian or, or Central Michigan, to, just for example. So to me, that's all win-win, but it appears right now that the league is really split right about in half. And one SEC direct athletic director, in fact, leaked to Ollie Buchanan, who's with Sports Illustrated, I believe. He has a Heisman Trophy vote. I know that. So he's he's definitely a, a big-time deal as a reporter. Well, he said that the SEC going to pods, the 
pod system we've been talking about when when Texas and Oklahoma join this league. Well, he's saying that's not an option, quote unquote. I'm sorry, I, I just don't I don't believe that. I really don't. I believe Ollie's reporting. I believe that an athletic director said that, but to me, that's a guy talking his own book, trying to get out in front of whatever he thinks is going to be the decision and trying to basically speak something into existence. I just, I can't believe that that's not an option. If from all the reporting that I've seen, the whole conference is basically split on which model they're going to go with. Is it going to be the one plus seven, the eight team model, or is it going to be the three plus six, the nine game model that I would prefer? I just don't believe that it's, quote, not an option. I, I just think that's somebody trying to talk their own book and speak something into existence. But moving forward, this is going to be a big deal, no question about that. And like a lot of teams in the Southeastern Conference, Missouri has had a lot of guys transfer in and out this past off season. How do they compare with the teams in the rest of the conference? And what number is really the one you should look at? Is it how many come in? How many go out? Well, let's think about all this moving forward. But first, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles on the road these days, it's now literally impossible for any brick-and-mortar chain auto parts store to stock every car part you could possibly need, especially in a world where there's LXs and EXs and, by the way, EVs, that's right, electric vehicles all over the place too. Well, guess what? They have their own needs for car parts as well. Nobody can keep all this in their warehouse except for rockauto.com, which has a network of warehouses throughout the country. They can get you whatever you want whenever you want for a great price. Why choose to spend way more money for the exact same price that you can get online at Rock Auto? It's a family business serving us do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your vehicle and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Hey, can I ask you for a quick favor? You see, the Locked On Network has put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners and what they like about this network, make our favorite podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us all about it, so go to Locked On Podcasts dot com slash survey right now to get started it's a quickie and everyone that completes it can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 100 Ticketmaster gift cards so that's what's in it for you take our audience survey go to locked on podcasts.com slash survey and thanks for your help on twitter the college football hype account that's at cfb underscore hype had some interesting numbers. Every single team in the Southeastern Conference, how many players in football they had transfer in and out so far. Now, this is from a few days ago, so these aren't going to be exactly perfect numbers, but at the same time, I think it's going to really give us a good idea of context here. So first of all, you look at Missouri, and they've had 11 players transfer in and 17 players transfer out. Now, 
let's have some context here. Is that is that a lot? Is that compared to the rest of the conference? Well, compared to Georgia, number one, how many players has Georgia had transfer in? Well, believe it or not, zero. So the defending national champions have yet to get anybody in the transfer portal so far. And yet they've had 12 guys transfer out. So what does that make you think? Is Are things going wrong in Georgia? No, in fact, that's actually probably a good sign the more you think about it. Because, well, what's Georgia doing every single year? They're putting top three recruiting classes basically five years in a row in the Kirby Smart era. So you're not exactly needing to go into the portal as much as perhaps a team like LSU, who has fallen on some rough times, has in fact gotten 15 players to transfer in. So LSU, obviously a big-time blue-blood program, but with Brian Kelly coming in from Notre Dame, that whole transition taking place, and obviously LSU has fallen on some relatively hard times for them the past couple seasons, that actually makes some sense. So they've had 15 in, 16 out. That kind of puts them right about on par with Missouri. So obviously Missouri, even though this is year three of the Drinkwitz era, still obviously he's trying to shuffle around his roster a good bit. Now again, compare that to Auburn, who has six in, 22 out. Alabama with five in, 22 out. It seems like the more stable programs at this point are bringing in a handful of transfers, but actually pushing out sometimes dozens of them. You see this with Texas A&M too. Two in, 12 out. Tennessee, it seems like Josh Heupel's got that program on the right track. Well, they're taking seven in and pushing 21 out. So it just seems like the better off your program is at this amount of time, the more luxury you have to sort of be extremely picky when it comes to taking transfers in, but also you can be pretty liberal when it comes to telling other guys to say, hey, bye-bye, you haven't cracked the two deep yet, so you know what, we're going to bring in another four- or five-star guy as a freshman, see if we can't develop that kid instead. It all makes sense. It's all sort of part of the cruel new world of college football. Hey, guess what? This this kind of stuff has been around for years, guys secretly being told that, hey, maybe it wouldn't be the worst idea if you moved on for another opportunity, but now in a world where there is the transfer portal, seemingly no consequences to transferring, whether you like it or not, I think the reality is, well, there's going to be a reaction by coaches and programs as well. Their loyalty is, is going to start to dwindle quite a bit, and well, I think you're seeing it. Maybe there never was any loyalty, but boy, that has been laid bare at this moment in time. Bottom line is the trend is, in fact, if you look at the entire Southeastern Conference, including Vanderbilt, well, everyone actually had more players transfer out than they had transfer in, and only LSU and Missouri were particularly close, to be honest with you. I guess Florida with seven in and 12 out was fairly close too, but the rest of the conference, for the most part, it was two to one, sometimes four to one in terms of guys coming in versus leaving. So apparently everybody wants to play in the SEC. That's one thing I've figured out. And coming up, there is some Missouri basketball news that we've missed and failed to cover the last couple weeks while I have been absent. But you know what? One of them involves a former Missouri player. His landing spot, well, actually kind of confirmed that Conzo Martin did something right 
at Missouri. But you know what? First, I want to tell you about Bet Online, where, of course, currently the Golden State Warriors are slight favorites over the Boston Celtics to win the NBA championship. And that's probably where I would put it as well. I think I would favor the Warriors, but I'm surprised by how much it seems like the general public is is heavily favoring the Warriors over the Celtics. I got to say, that surprises me a bit. Mostly because it's not as though the Warriors have proven to be absolute world beaters in the playoffs. Have we already forgotten that they were down, I believe, 50-plus points against the Ja Morantless Grizzlies at one point? So anyway, I just think Boston matches up well. They've played well in Oakland slash San Francisco the last few years. But anyway, regardless, you may not be into the NBA. Maybe it's baseball's your thing. Maybe it's fighting. Maybe it's even next season's NFL futures. Well, regardless, Bet Online has you covered. They're your continual source for all your sports, wagering info from live betting, the playoffs, esports, even more. So head to the website today. It's betonline.net, where the game starts. Well, after what was seemingly a long pursuit by all the big-time basketball programs in the country, at least according to former Missouri and LSU guard Xavier Pinson, well, it turns out X is going to be taking his talents and his Instagram account to, wait for it, New Mexico State. So, huh. Interesting. So for all the people who are having a lot of consternation, not only this past offseason, but in particular the previous offseason, where it was said, of course, Conzo Martin, you know, the guy got a lot of criticism during his time at Missouri. Some of it obviously very fair, but I think the least fair bit of criticism, especially with the benefit of 2020 hindsight, is that Conzo Martin did anything wrong with Xavier Pinson. And I got to say, even at the time, I was questioning, saying, you know what, X, you get the ball all the time. It's constantly in your hands. Drew Smith moved off the ball in order to accommodate you. You have one of the highest usage rates in the entire conference, and you're transferring? The coach is the problem? I had to question what exactly Xavier Pinson wanted out of his basketball career, and, well, apparently he burned bridges with another coach, in the SEC, Will Wade, although he was obviously let go from LSU. Clearly, he had gotten tired of the Xavier Pinson experience by the end of the season. But regardless, Pinson ends up with possibly being new teammates with former Missouri, another former Missouri guard, Mario McKinney, down at New Mexico State. Also, in transfer portal news, former Missouri commit Christian Jones committed to Illinois-Chicago and you know what? Just along with all the other guys who were on the team last year from Missouri entered the transfer portal, with the exception of Trevin Brazil, none of these guys seem to have upgraded their programs, at least not in terms of, hey, SEC, they're, they're a high major conference, right? Well, Anton Brookshire ends up at Iona. Dejuan Gordon also ended up at New Mexico State, by the way. Javon Pickett to SLU, Amari Davis, Wright State, Jordan Wilmore, Northwestern State. Boogie Coleman ended up transferring back to Ball State, where he came from. And I still haven't seen where Yaya Keita and Sean Duru Gordon have ended up at this point. But again, only one of those guys seems to have transferred up. So, so far, 
so good just in terms of it does seem like this roster should overall be upgraded for next season. By the way, Kobe Brown put out on his Instagram account that he's officially coming back next season. Never really felt like that was in question, but Kobe put it out there anyway. Give us a little bit of news to talk about, right? Thank you very much, Cobes. But again, I think if Missouri could have somehow gotten Jamarian Sharp, and, and all indications are that the Missouri staff really expected that to happen and were caught completely flat-footed and off-guard when the seven foot five center leading shot blocker in the country from last season, we decided to come back to Western Kentucky, opted not to transfer anywhere. Well, the Missouri staff was really surprised by that. And I think if they would have gotten that kid, well, suddenly the ceiling for that team would have been fairly high just because I think the ceiling for that defense was top 10, top 15, certainly top 25 overall. And when you do that, hey, you got a real good chance to make the tournament. In fact, if you're that good defensively, you're almost always going to make the NCAA tournament. However, without Sharp in the fold, now Missouri kind of scrambling to try to find some kind of true center, true rim protector. I just don't see the ceiling being that high. A, a, a tournament seems like a real, real long shot. But at the same time, I think the team will probably be better than it was last season because hopefully we'll have at least some kind of an, of an identity. Hopefully Dennis Gates will come in and be able to put his stamp on the program get his kind of players in there. I'm not expecting any kind of miracles next season, but I bet the Tigers are better than they were last year. So with all that being said, thanks again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked on NBA Big Board podcasts with Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and more. They give you fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and of course big boards oh yeah follow locked on nba big board every day on the odyssey app youtube or wherever you get finer podcasts so until next time i'm john miller and thanks for listening to locked on mizzou